Let's all turn to page. Okay, hello. To First uh, John, chapter two, verses three through six. Tonight, as we come together for our first Sunday night, for our first Sunday night sermon. Just so you know, before all that, what we like to do a lot of times, we have uh, songs and things. But we also have questions that we ask. Questions that we like to get together every time. We have questions that we ask. And I've had this book for quite some time with different questions and all. Uh, almost two years, about a year and a half. And I have, uh, the problem I have with some of these books, when you buy them, they have questions in them. They do have the answers in them. But they have them in the back of the book. And I had no intention of asking the question to have to look up all the answers. I want to make sure they're, they're right. So I had to highlight them. So I've, it takes me a year and a half of life because I start <laughs> highlighting them and then I forget about it and go back to it. So finally, I have it done. And I'm going to ask them that. It's easier. They're easier questions in the long run. They're a little bit better. So we'll start using that tonight. But the good thing is, you don't just answer the questions. Most of you know this. I make sure you'll have plenty of cabbage when by the time you're done. We've got candy and stuff like that. It's fun. You know, we, we try to make it fun. Uh, if you don't want to take candy, you can give it to someone else and make sure they put on a powder five. But it's a but come tonight, we'll start having some good time, and we're going to learn a lot of things we need to learn. So let's now look up First John, chapter two, verse three through six, and let's please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And it says in First John, chapter two, verse three through six, by this we know that we know Him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Whoever keeps his word truly has the love of God perfected in him. By this we know we are in him. Whoever says he remains in him ought to walk as he walked. God bless and honor the ring of his word. You may be seated. You know, last week we talked about freedom of law. And with that, we, we spoke about the Old Testament laws, and there were 613 laws, biblical laws. They're often misunderstood. We spoke about the, and I gave away some of these uh, uh, pages today. There's some in the back if you haven't received them. We spoke about the three types of laws. There's moral laws, which is eternal, universal laws. And with that, that, that involves the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments always matter. The Ten Commandments always matter. They never go away. But there are certain things that are misunderstood about that even, which we'll get to here in a moment. And with that, we have the ceremonial laws, the religious laws of the, the Jewish laws, which were all fulfilled by Jesus Christ, and they no longer matter. In that sense, they're not needed anymore. Jesus Christ took care of those. Those ceremonial religious laws were symbolic of the Messiah, symbolic of uh, uh, religious ceremonial things that Jesus Christ fulfilled. They no longer matter. That doesn't mean that they're not good. They're good, but he's taking care of them. We don't have to fulfill those anymore. He already has. And no one can fulfill them anyway, because we're not good enough to fulfill them. Uh, also, which is to say that we're not perfect. We're never going to be. Only the perfect one Christ could. Then there's the judicial laws, which is the law of the land. That is to say, legal laws of the land. Legal laws of the land, like for instance, speed limits, uh, uh, drug laws, things like that, you know, drinking laws, things that, of that sort. The laws of the land. Uh, and the thing is, a land without God has no morals. A land without God doesn't have morals, and so therefore they change the laws of the land to go without morals, in which we can see. We see it all the time. We see now in America. We see this land that has changed their morals because they don't have any. This land was built 
on the uh, the word of God. We have lying. Once was president that said this land wasn't built on God's word. He's a liar, and, and we can see that. We can see he was a liar. And I say it to his face if he was here. I say I love you, but you're a liar because you don't know your own history. I say it straight to him, and I would show him the presidents and other men who built this nation on the word of God. Fifty-three of them who signed the Constitution, fifty-seven, and they were men of God, active members of the church. I could show him historically. He was wrong, but he wanted to change the America, and he did for the worse. Not just a a fact. We can see, we can see by the attitude of the church. And the title of today's sermon, as we can see, is called "Land of the Lost." Land of the Lost. The fact is, kids, there was a TV show. Actually, before I was. A TV show called Land of the Lost. It was a stupid show, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. it was, I love that stupid show. But the truth is, uh, when I'm talking about Land of the Lost today, it's a completely different thing than that ignorant show with horrible special effects. When I'm talking about Land of the Lost today, I'm talking about the fact that without God and his moral laws, people focus on social mores. Social mores. Social mores means what people in society think are moral, but they're not moral. Because without God, there are no morals. Without God and his law, without his moral laws, they go on what feels right to them. They go on what feels correct to them. But the problem with social mores is they change. They change because of emotional desires and opinions. But folks, people's opinions, they don't really matter. Because people's opinions and their emotions, they change. They change all the time. But God doesn't change. God doesn't change. Ooh, Pastor, this is kind of a very, ooh, this is going to be kind of a, a really touchy sermon. You bet. But it's also very true, and we're going to get to all this. The fact is, is when people change their emotional desires and opinions, it causes chaos in the land of the lost. And it does. We can see right here in America right now all the chaos that is happening. We can see it in the last couple of years, all the chaos that is happening. People throwing out their emotions and we can see all the chaos and the violence and the turmoil that has happened because the people have gone away from God's moral laws and it's changed the laws of the land and the people need to start listening to God's morals. Well, we're going to go right now to the moral laws. These are not guidelines. These are not guidelines. God doesn't say, if you want to, listen to this. He doesn't say that. He says, these are the laws of me. The one who created all things, do this, and you'll live right. Don't, and you won't. So we're going to take the Bible and pray out of school, and we're going to see what happens. Oh, okay. Well, look what happened. They took the Bible and prayer out of school, and then you just give it a, a little time, about 50 years, and boom, everything goes to, to crazy, and it has. Oh, I wonder why there's so much violence. I wonder why people are getting pregnant and killing the babies. I wonder why all this is happening. Because we took it all out of school. You go without God and now it's morals and the people don't know what's what. That's why no God means no morality. No God makes no sense. Eventually, erasing God's moral laws takes away any common sense from guiding the society. So let's now turn to the book of Exodus. From the book of Exodus, chapter 20. By the way, if you grab a piece of paper back there, it talks about the moral laws and all that. Why don't you just go ahead and write down Exodus chapter 20 on, on next to the moral laws. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 17. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. 
I'm simply going to give you the Ten Commandments right in a row from those verses. And I don't have the verses written down here. I say it's, it's verses 3 through 17 because that's where you find them all. But we're going to give you the Ten Commandments. They're, they're found in verses chapter 20 of Exodus, verses 3 through 17. And by the way, this is when they're first mentioned. Here's what happened. The people were down in their camp, and, and they were down by Mount Sinai. And God appeared on top of the mountain, about halfway down. And he started speaking to them from the cloud. And when he did this, he told them all what was going to happen, it, it, what they needed to know about the Ten Commandments. So it wasn't like the people didn't know the law. They knew it. But then, then what happened? Well, then Moses goes on top of the mountain. So, so we don't want to see it correctly in the movie. Okay? I love you, Charles Henson, but that wasn't clear. Not that it was his fault. Then he goes up on top of the mountain and God gives him to him again. God writes it, writes it down for him with lightning and, he, and, and fire. And he writes it down for him on these tablets. Of course, Moses has to write them down again because he threw, threw them and broke them. But he had to write them down again. Either way, either way, that is in, in Exodus chapter 34, whenever he has to go on top of the mountain. But we'll talk about that in a moment. He was gone for 40 days. Just like with Jesus, he didn't eat and all that for 40 days. The point is this. We see that God spoke to the people and gave him the law. The law right there in Exodus chapter 20. So let's see what it says. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. Now, a lot of people want to know why this is. Well, the first four commandments kind of go together. They all go together. First four, four commandments especially. But no one else before God. Okay, this is important. No one else. No one else before God. They had false gods back then. I mean, you got to remember, they were raised in and they were raised in Egypt. In Egypt, they had all sorts of false gods, all sorts of false gods. Some that had cat heads, some that had these crazy, you know, uh, crazy canine heads, and all sorts of other things and goddesses and all this stuff. So they're being told, "Don't believe that jazz." Don't believe. now. He didn't say it quite like that. But he said, "Don't believe all that nonsense. Don't believe it. You follow me and me alone." All throughout the world, you're going to see people who follow false gods even now. Entertainment, yes, movies, yes, comic books, magazines, sports, also pornography, sex. Yes, sex is a god to a lot of people. It is. I know for a fact. Sex is a god to a lot of people. Money is a god to a lot of people. Entertainment is a god to a lot of people. I know because I've had to fight that. I didn't even know it for a time. Yes, entertainment is a, it's a, it's a god to a lot of people. Marriage is a God to a lot of people. A, a wife, a husband is a God to a lot of people. That's wrong. Family is a God to a lot of people. That's wrong. But no one else before God. In this case, they was talking about these false gods that people made up. You can make up these names if you want. But they would they would uh, have them in there. Cush and other names. These were gods that people made. So with that, it says, you shall, this is uh, the second commandment. You shall not make yourself any graven idol, any graven image. By the way, I, I want to make this clear. But I'm going to read to you what this says, or at least most of it. This doesn't mean it's wrong. It's wrong to have a cross because it honors Jesus who died for us. This doesn't mean it's wrong to have a Hallmark ornament. If you have a Hallmark ornament of Mickey Mouse, you're not going to hell. This doesn't mean you're, you're, you're bowing down going, ha, ha, ha. No, this doesn't mean that you're going to go to hell for that. It doesn't mean you're worshiping Mickey Mouse. If you have a Hallmark ornament of whatever, you're not going to hell. If you have a plate at home, a plate that has someone carved into it, it maybe maybe you have a little a carved thing of your family. You're not going to hell. You're not going to hell for having carved things. You're not. That's not what it means. Okay. 
And I'm saying this to you because I actually heard ministers, legalistic, over the board, ministers say you shouldn't have anything carved. Folks, come on now. The Mount Rushmore that we have that has those presidents on it, this doesn't mean people are going to go to hell because they go up there and go, wow, isn't that great? No, those people aren't going to hell because they love Mount Rushmore. We're not going to hell for having the Statue of Liberty. Okay, it's not what it means. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have carved things. I happen to collect toys and things. I have a, a, a Rocky Balboa in my office. It doesn't mean I'm going to hell for having a Rocky Balboa statue in my office. It doesn't mean that. I don't bow down to Rocky Balboa and go, hey, yo. It doesn't mean that, okay? What it means is you're not to worship those things as an idol, as a god. That's what it means. Come on now. People need to read this through because it says this. You shall not make for yourself any graven idol. That's why the word image sometimes is misunderstood. It says idol. It goes on to say, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or is that or that is in earth beneath. Okay, so what that means is, I've actually heard a pastor say, you, you shouldn't in a minister, you should not have a picture of Jesus Christ. You should not have a painting of him. You should not have all these things because you're worshiping that. No, we're not. It means that you're honoring what it represents. We're representing Christ who died for you. No, we don't know what he looked like. We don't know what he looked like. I've seen some paintings of him that make him look silly. I've seen some paintings of him that make him look very feminine. Now, we're not saying he's that. We don't know if he had brown hair. I don't know why they say blonde hair, because I've never seen a picture of a blonde Jesus Christ. I've never seen that. I've never seen blue-eyed, blonde hair Jesus. I have seen him with bluish-looking eyes. I have seen him with light brown hair. But I've yet to see a blonde Jesus. I don't know why they say that. But I have seen... In some lands, those who have of Orient land make him look more Oriental. Was he Oriental? No. Was he black where black people paint him? No. Was he white? No. He was Jewish. We know that. But the artists are trying to portray him where they honor him in their own heart. That's okay. They don't mean any harm. You can't go back to 17-whatever, that's talking about the year now, and tell them that you are dishonoring Christ and you are making an idol of him. No, they're not. They're trying to show God that they love them. That's okay, folks. They're not trying to break the second commandment. We need to know that. What it says is this. It says, do not make a graven idol or any likeness that is in heaven above or earth beneath or that is in the water below the earth. What it says is, thou shalt not bow down to them or serve them. So unless you have a painting of Christ or a statue of the cross or statue of Jesus, which I have some, who will draw from Israel, I am not bowing down to that thinking it's literally Christ. Because those people literally had statues, literally had statues, and they thought they were literally goddesses and gods, and literally bowed to them and called them a god. That's what it means. Moving on. The third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not Hold guiltless anyone who takes his name in vain. This goes along with the other ones. Yes, most of us have messed up and used his name in vain. This doesn't just mean cursing with his name, which we've done, but many of us have, and many people do. They say, oh my, whatever, and they, they take his name in vain. It doesn't just mean that. There's many preachers that take his name in vain. In fact, we'll talk about that tonight. People oftentimes say, God told me to do this, God told me to do that, and they misquote him constantly. They take his name in vain. We're not to do that. God told me to tell you, give me this and give me that, do this and do that. That's taking his name in vain. There's many things people misquote in the word. That's taking his name in vain too. We're not to do that. But we should never take his name in vain, ever. 
be very careful what you say when it comes to the name of the Lord. We're to honor him constantly. Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This is misunderstood too. We are to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, but not in the same way they did then. Because remember, remember, the ceremonial religious laws are fulfilled by Jesus. We're not to do the exact same as them. However, we are to take a day and take it into rest. Now, if you have to work on Sunday, do your best to get that day off because that is what we as Christians know to be the ceremonial day that we honor Christ. Now, if you if you cannot possibly get that day off, take a day. But in reality, that is the day that we have church because that is the day that we honor God, that we honor Christ, that we honor him. We should honor him the best that we can, not make excuses for it. I'm saved by grace. I don't have to go to church. No, in reality, you should. You should honor him. Don't honor yourself above God. That's putting someone else before the Lord. Go back to the first commandment. You're putting yourself before him. You're putting your money before him. You're putting everything else. But my family doesn't understand. You're putting your family. You're putting everything else. You're putting your own selfishness before the Lord. Be very careful. Be very careful. Then we need to go on from that. The fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, let me explain this. Honor your mother and father. People take this out of context. Mothers and fathers misuse this to their children. Uh, mothers and fathers misuse this. This means I'm always right. No, it doesn't. It means mothers and fathers raise them up in the way of God. Raise them up to follow God. Now, this does mean honor your mother and father. Be good to them. But mothers and fathers raise them up to follow God. It's what it means. If you're raising them up to go against God, well, you're going to have a lot to answer for. You're going to have an awful lot to answer for. <laughs> Oh, God said to honor me. Yeah, but are you honoring God? God comes before even your children, even yourself. You better be raising right. You can't one minute not be following God and then tell the kids to follow God, to follow you. <laughs> Come on now. It's not a half and half. Don't sit on the fence. Go all the way. Number six, thou shalt not murder. Let's not misuse that. When people say thou shalt not kill. Uh, there comes a time when you can defend yourself. There comes a time to defend your country. There comes a time. Thou shalt not murder is what it means. Thou shalt not murder. Defend yourself. There's a difference. Okay. No, cops are not murderers. Yes, some people make mistakes. We're not talking about that. We're talking about cops are following God. And when they're following him and doing right, defending people. Then there is number seven. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. By the way, even those who are not married and they're having sex out of wedlock, they're committing adultery. How do we know that? The Bible says it. The Bible says it, that fornicators are committing adultery because they're being promised to one, one, one. Now, wait a minute. What about those who are divorced? Well, they're still committing adultery if they're having sex out of wedlock. You're to wait. Wait. Be with the one that you're to be with. That you're. Wait a minute. What if they've been married already? God knows. God knows. Now, if you've already been married and you're to be married again, just wait. God will help you. That You're not suddenly a sinner for being married once because God knows your situation. Okay? Don't hate yourself. Don't hate yourself. I understand. Believe me. Then, number eight, thou shalt not steal. Don't make excuses for stealing. We're taking something that doesn't belong to you. Don't make excuses. People do it all the time. Well, it's not really wrong that the, the, you know, the government has so much or so-and-so has so much. No. Taking something that doesn't belong to you is wrong. I've had people try to get me to take things that don't belong to me. I'm not doing it. Stealing is wrong. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This doesn't mean just your neighbor. The person living next to you. Don't lie. Don't lie. People make excuses for that. Just don't do it. It's not that hard. People say, it's hard. No, it's not hard. Don't lie. At the same time, you don't have to tell the whole truth. Now, wait a minute. 
Pastor, didn't you just kind of know? You could tell people the truth without saying everything going in your little brain. I had to learn this growing up. I had to learn this. If mom says, do you like this these pants? I could say, well, yeah, they look good on you. But in truth, and by the way, I'm just using this example. I'm not saying it's true. But the fact of the matter is, is you can be, you can tell someone how you feel without telling them everything you think. Oh, man, they make you look huge. Oh, man. Come on, folks. Use some common sense. Use some common sense. Use some, use some dignity and grace. Use some common sense. And men, if you think you have to go to your wife and say, man, that makes you look like a bust. Well, I don't have enough room to let you sleep in, in where I live. I'm just saying. So the point is, is use some common sense. Otherwise, you're in some serious trouble because you can tell people that it's not my style, but I love that you love it. You can be honest with people without telling them every little thing going on in your brain. Just use some common sense. Number 10, and this is extremely important because this leads to so many things. It leads to stealing. It leads to murder. It leads to adultery. It leads to so much. It leads to stealing. Listen to this. He's the line, too. Number 10, you shall not covet. It's as simple as that. It's, it's, and it, yes, we talk about our neighbor. This means people around us. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife you, or his manservant or his maidservant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Don't covet. Just don't covet. Be thankful for what we have. It's hard when we're going through difficulties and we see someone else who has so many things, but we just don't covet. We keep our eyes on him. Now, all throughout the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, we can see that God has given us things, that God gives us rules about it and words about it. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to what he said. Now, we could go into Deuteronomy and Exodus and other things that God says. We don't need to. It all says the same thing, and that is to keep our eye on his commandments. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Didn't God fulfill that? We already talked about this. God fulfilled the commandments. ceremonial, religious laws. But the Ten Commandments, the moral laws, always matter. They always matter. We don't have to necessarily stay with the Sabbath day as far as that helps us to live for the the religious ways. But as far as we should honor him, take a day to honor God, yes, that's important. Now, let's take a look at what Jesus says. Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 19 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one dot or or one mark will pass from the law until all be fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do likewise shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus said, and I'll just say it straight out, John 14, 15. John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We as Christians need to know to keep his moral law. Because here's what happens in this land of the lost, this social chaos that we are in, the land of the lost. First of all, we need to know, is everyone lost? Is everyone lost in the land of chaos, the land of the lost? No, of course not. But the majority is. The majority of people are lost. I'm not going to give you a percentage because I don't know. I'm not God. A lot of times people like to say, well, I believe 50% are saved. I like to believe, look, 
I love to be positive. But I, I have to say that's a lie. I seriously doubt that, especially the way things are getting worse and worse. I, I'd be surprised if 30%, 1.5%. By the way, we behave. Even those who are saved, I have to say, I'd be surprised that those who are saved, even a good 60%, 50% of those who are saved, live as Christians should. Pastor, that sounds so judgmental. Well, I'm not going by judgmental. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm telling you by our actions we are known. We say it all the time. You know why? Because we can only go by what we see. Is it your place to judge? That's not what I'm saying. But we can go by If I was to tell you that I'm on a diet and that I've lost 150 pounds since last week, and you're like, ah, oh, he don't look it. Don't be judgmental. How do you know I haven't lost 150 pounds since last week? Because you have eyes. How dare you have eyes? Come on. We can see. How dare they be able to see? You can't see. Yes, you can. You can see me. You can see. Of course you can see. People can see. So the social chaos we live in, this is what it says in Psalm 118, verse 8. Psalm 118, verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in man. Much of the church, even much of the church doesn't seem to be saved by their actions. Much of it. I'm not saying you. I'm saying that the church is around us. They say that they love the Lord, but we can see that we're not to follow people, or follow Him, the Lord, the Savior. It is better to put trust in the Lord than put our confidence in man. This is why when people watch ministers and preachers on TV, am I saying they don't know the Lord? No, I'm not saying that. I, I, there might be some who aren't. I don't know. I'll talk more about that tonight. I don't know. If they know Christ. I do know this. A lot of what they say isn't biblical. I do know that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. Matthew chapter 7, verse 14 says, Because small is the gate, narrow is the way, which leads to life. That's talking about eternal life. Small is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. This is why I'm not being judgmental. I'm telling you what the Bible tells us, what Christ told us. There's but one way into heaven. That's through Jesus Christ. It's not because of the messengers, but he who gives a message. And if they're not teaching the whole truth, they're not going to find the truth, which is Christ. we got to be careful. we got to be very careful. We can't just go with what people want to hear. they got to hear the whole truth. they got to hear the moral law. But, Pastor, they don't want to hear the whole moral law. And I want to be nice to everybody. Folks, I like to be nice, too. I try to be nice. I try to be loving. I love everybody. I love them. It doesn't mean I love sin. I love them. But I love them enough not to tell them a lie. You know, I love all my nieces and nephews. I really do. I love them with all my heart and soul. I probably look like a big mouth and I probably look obnoxious and everything else, most likely. But whenever they start talking about things they learn in school, there's times I thought, whoa, 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 that's not biblical. And they probably say, oh, man, here he goes again. Eh. Oh, well. The truth is, when it comes down to it, and I stand for the Lord, I don't want to answer to God. So why can you tell them that what they heard in school is a lie? I'm not going to have to worry about that. Now, I might annoy them a little. I'd rather answer to them in that moment than answer to God when the time comes, though. You know what I'm saying? I really would. This is what it says in John chapter 12, verse 48. Jesus says this. John 12, 48. 
He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Ooh. There's so many other things I could read here. Romans 8, 5 through 7. Romans 8, 5 through 7. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For the carnal mind is hostile toward God, but it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. Oh, man, that's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. And one more that I will speak about the social chaos in the land of the lost that we live in. It says this in 1 John. Remember, this is John, the beloved one. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. And it says this in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For, the, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world is... And his desires are passing away. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. We're not to follow the things of the world. We need to remember that. Yes, there's social chaos. The world and the ways of the lost teaches and believes the fantasy of God. What do I mean fantasy of God? Look, it's not their fault. They, they don't know the Lord. And so they want to teach a fantasy God that doesn't exist. They want to teach this. They believe that God loves everyone, and he does. He loved everyone so much he came, lived, and died for them. But they want to believe that God loves everyone, and so he loves everyone and loves everything they do and accepts us all and takes us into heaven. That's not, that's not God. That's not God. That's the fantasy that they painted up. That's the fantasy picture they made. Does God love everyone? Yes. Just as I said, he does love everyone. But he loves us enough that he lived and died and rose again, and he will accept us in heaven if we accept him into our spiritual hearts, if we will let him wash away our sins, if he will let us come in, take care of us and change us one day at a time. Now, it's not our personal changes that make us saved. It is a change that he does to us. He has done it for us. We can't change ourselves. We can't save ourselves. Christ does it. But we have to allow it. That's how much he loves us. But the fantasy, God, is that God loves you so much. How can a loving God want us to change? How can a loving God send us to hell? And I've said it so many times. God doesn't send us to hell. We do. And I have this verse to prove this. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Keep in mind, this is right before the time of the great flood. God saw how bad the world was. Listen, they were so overcome with sin. So overcome with sin, people with false gods, people living in terrible sexual sins, all over the place. There was no one holy. That's why he found Noah. He wasn't really holy, by the way. He was just the holiest of the ones he could find. People say, was Noah pure? No, he wasn't pure. He was a drunk. We saw that. We saw that Noah wasn't pure. His family wasn't pure, but they were the purest of who he had. When people say, oh, is Mary perfect? No, Mary wasn't perfect. She's not a saint, as people try to make her look. No, the disciples weren't perfect. No, all the people, David and others, weren't perfect. Samson wasn't perfect. But 
God is perfect, and he even even Abraham wasn't perfect, but he saw of those that were around, they were the best of what he could find, and that he saw that their faith, their faith, he saw their faith as perfection, not that they were perfect, but their faith in him who's perfect saw as perfection. Okay, so going to that, let's now go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart, talking about man, of his heart was continually only evil. Ooh. So evil, he said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm wiping it clean. Folks, this is why when people say God wouldn't destroy us. No, no, no. He destroyed what he had so far, and he's not going to flood the entire earth ever again. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're right. You're right. God does love us, and he gave us another boat. That boat is Christ. That boat is Christ. Get up off the land of the lost and get on the boat, which is Jesus. There are many lands of the lost that we can see in the Bible, many of them. Let's take a look at them. Now, there's a lot of social opinions that affects judicial law of the land, which we can see. Let's look at a few of them. Uh, what's allowed in the law of the land that are thought to be moral, that are thought to be moral, and that becomes the land of the lost law. They think, well, it's moral to them. To them, to their own thoughts, to their own understanding, they think it's moral. But it's not moral. We see it all over America right now. And we're going to get into some of that. But let's look at a few of these lands. A few of these lands are very wicked in God's eyes. Okay, let's look at a few. Sodom. Sodom. Oh, we know about Sodom. We've heard of Sodom. Sodom had many, 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 many wicked ways, including homosexuality. Including homosexuality. Are you saying that God hates homosexuals? No, and we shouldn't either. But we should be honest with them. We should be honest with them in, through the Bible. We should be honest and tell them what God says about it. We should be honest that God didn't make them that way. We should be honest and tell them that they're brainwashed by the people around because they're cowards and they don't want to tell them the truth of the Word of God. Even many ministers are, are, are cowards, absolute cowards, that are lying to them. You're a coward, ministers. You're a coward, pastors. You're a coward. Stand up behind the word of God. Don't lie to them, you coward. I'd like to have a word with you. But not I'm not talking in a violent way, but I'd like to have a word with you one-on-one, -on -one, you coward. Come on now. Speak the truth. Tell them the truth. Don't send them to hell thinking that they're doing right. I'm not saying that all gay people are going to hell. What I am saying, however, though, is that Satan's lying to them, and they're not going to listen to that truth. Why would they listen to the truth about the word of God saying that you have to have Jesus in your heart washing away your sin? Sodom also, incidentally, Man on man, man with man physically, this is gross. But man with man physically, it's called sodomy. Why do they call it sodomy? Because the land is Sodom. Come on now, come on. Also, Gomorrah had a lot of the same wicked ways and false gods and other things. This was also destroyed. God destroyed it with fire, with brimstone. You could say he assaulted them. They became salt. Okay, so then there's the land of the Canaanites. They were guilty of idolatry. That means they had idols, false gods. <laughs> we have false gods here in America. Just because they don't fall down and worship those idols, folks, they still have idols. They just don't know that that's what they got. Okay, so they had, uh, a, it was a land, that land, by the way, of, of Canaan, was promised from God, by God, to Abraham. To this day, there's a lot of stupid people. Yes, I call them stupid. Stupid people, because they don't know any better. They're ignorant. And they are stupid, because they a lot of times say, that land was theirs first. Eh, 
okay, so they were squatting on it. They're squatting on the land. But here's the thing about that. That land that they say wasn't God's to give, God had that land first. He made that land. It was his to give. And he promised it to Abram, who became Abraham. And so, yes, God promised that land to Abraham. And he gave, by the way, Abraham came from that land. So he gave that land to Abraham. The Canaanites had false gods. They gave things that shouldn't be, been doing things that shouldn't be doing. And God said, no, nah, not your land. I'm giving it to Abraham. He promised it to him. And he gave, God keeps his promises. And he did too. Also, the Amorites. The Amorites were people of adultery. I'm not saying he destroyed their whole land, but he destroyed their position. Also, the Palestines, the people of Palestine, the Palestinians, they call them. This is also in the area of Canaan. You see what happens with your neighbors? You see what happens with the neighboring lands? When you do something on one land, just like what we said with Sodom, Sodom did all these bad things. Their neighboring land of Gomorrah, they did the bad things. Folks, this is why you got to be careful of where you're at and the things you do. <laughs> and you say, was well, that really bad? Yeah, because Lot, Lot went to that land. Look what happened a lot. All of his kids started doing the bad things of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what happens. Raise your kids up in the way of the Lord. Come on. And then we see with with, uh, with Palestine. They was in the land of, of Canaan. They started doing idolatry and wickedness. This was also that land that was promised to God from to Abraham. And God owned that land first once again. People to this day say Israel should belong to the people of the Palestines. No, it should the Palestinians. No, it shouldn't. God knows who it belongs to. So quit trying to tell God what's right. You listen to God. He doesn't listen to you. Say, well, I can say what I want to say. Say that to God when you say before. Don't tell me. Tell him. I'm not worried about it. People say, don't you fear that you're going to sound mean? No, oh, not really. And here's the thing. I am loving to the people. Don't I don't want you to think I'm rude to them. I'm really not. But I try to be loving kind of telling the truth. I'm, I'm not mean enough not to tell them the truth. I say, well, look, I understand where you come from. I always say that. I understand where you come from, which is true. I say, but that's not what the Bible says. Well, the Bible could be wrong. No. The word of God is not wrong. Do you know your history of the Bible? You bet I do. By golly. And then we go on from that. The Philistines. These are warriors who settled on the southern coast of Palestine. See? Goes along with the neighbors. And they had some of the same wickedness. Oh, well, we know what happened to the Philistines. Went against God's people. And what did God do? Ooh, God let a rope on, or uh, uh, let go of that rope and let a rock come down on one of those giants. Oh, that giant fell. And then there's uh, Nineveh, the land of Nineveh. The land of Nineveh was a middle island. It was a trade center. There's a lot of idolatry and false gods and goddesses. And they dealt with the Assyrians. Well, we know about Nineveh. We know because of Jonah. Jonah dealt with it. That's why he hated it, going there. He hated them. That wasn't right to hate them. But he hated them. He was scared of them. Why was he scared of them? Because of violence and false gods and false everything else. And he was afraid of them. He didn't want to go there. Yes, he was prejudiced. And there's not anything right about being prejudiced. We're not saying to be prejudiced, of course. But, and God corrected him on that. However, he wasn't going to listen to God, and God corrected him on it. He did. Uh, I mean, anytime a big fish swallows you up and throws you up on the land and says, you're going to do what God says. I'm not saying the fish literally said that. But at the same time, he did what was right. But not only that, many times people leave it at that. But that's not where it ended. Nahum also wrote about uh, Nineveh. Because, you see, Nineveh, they did correct themselves, but they didn't stay corrected. You might correct yourself and get things right, but if you don't stay corrected, go back. Go back against God, which they did. They went back against God, went back to the false gods, went back to all these horrible things against the Lord. Guess what happened? Babylon and Midis and all these people destroyed them. And there's so many other people, so many other lands, some that aren't even in the Bible that we see even now, that are falling apart 
including America, because they decide not to stick with God, but go to their own ways, and we are not to do that. We're to stay with the Lord God always. So what are we as Christians to do? What are we to do in this land of the lost? This is a hard question. Are we to say we're not Americans? Of course not. I am proud to be an American, but I'm proud to be an American who was in a land that was built on the name of God, built on the word of God, no matter what some may have said. We are built on a, in a land that was built on the word of God. We're to continue, no matter what happens around us, no matter what happens around us, as the land falls down, as the walls are, weren't even finished, as those walls fall down, no matter what happens, we are to continue to follow in God's moral law. We may be in the land of loss, but we're not to live like it. Now, that doesn't mean that we just ignore people around us, but we are to just wipe that dust off, just like the disciples wipe the dust off their feet and keep going. We're to do the same. Keep walking in God's word. Keep walking in the moral law. Don't worry about all that. But, Pastor, why do they keep passing immoral laws? That doesn't mean you don't follow the law, but you don't have to follow the immoral ways. But does that mean that we have to have abortion, that we have to? No, of course not. No one's forcing you to do anything immoral. Because our number one that we follow is God first and everyone else the last. That means before your family, before your boss, before the president or anyone else, you follow God. God first, everyone else next. Everyone else last, including yourself. Including yourself. We follow his way, his morals, continuously. And I read you 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 17 says this. Yes, and all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men... And seducers will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing those from whom you have learned them, and that since childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith that is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes, it's true we're living in the land of the lost. It's true that all those around us are suffering. They don't even know it. That doesn't mean you stop. It doesn't mean you stop praying for them. Pray for them every single day. Even the ones you don't like. You don't have to like them. But you do have to love them. You pray for them. And show loving kindness to them. And that's hard. Especially when they're being hateful to me. Remember doing to others as you have them. That doesn't mean you let them slap you in the face and just let, keep letting them slap. It does, however, mean you turn the other cheek. And I'm talking mostly figuratively. But you just keep going. Be loving. As I say so often, Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all of us. And Romans 6.23 goes right along with it. 
Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But listen to this. This is also Romans chapter 6. Oh, this is a great one. I love it. I love it. Romans 6.15. Oh, write this down. Write upon your page. Write upon your heart. Write upon your mind. Write upon your ears. Keep this with you wherever you go. Oh, I love it. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. I love that some versions say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. God forbid. Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under God's grace? Absolutely not. We're to continue to follow the commandments. We're to continue to follow the Lord God. We're to continue to go with him. And then here's another one from Romans. Romans 7, 12. Romans 7, 12. I love this. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Let's follow those commandments. Let's follow them. We're not talking about losing salvation, but what we are talking about is doing what is holy and living as a saved child of God. And that's you. Follow him. I know. I know we're living in the land of the lost. You now live in the land of the lost. But Jesus lives in you. The heart of his child and soldier. You are not lost at all. I let people see that. You're not lost at all. You're, you're completely found. You're safe. Walking down that road. And yes, all around you, things are falling down. Things are falling down. And sometimes it's disheartening. It's disheartening. It's disheartening to look around and see people, even people we love, not following God. But you know what? Instead of getting in their face, yelling at him, say, what's the matter with you? And sometimes I want to. Sometimes I want to pick him up and shake him. And uh, I, I can't help but I have this song going, shake, 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 that heathen. But here's the truth. We don't do that. You know what we do? We pray, 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 pray for him. We pray for him. We pray that the Holy Spirit get a hold of him. We pray. And you know what you can do? By living for God, continuously following the Lord, following his commandments, following. Let the people in the land of the lost see Christ living in you. And the last verse we read today is this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. This is one I live by. This is the one that I quote a lot. We have probably a lot of them. But the reason is because it's so very true. And people need to remember this. The world definitely needs to remember this. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Let us now bow and pray. Dear precious Heavenly Father, dear Lord God, we thank you that you have corrected us when we were lost. We thank you, Lord, that you showed us the way. We thank you, Lord, that you got us out of the land of the lost and have given us a way of correction and salvation. We know we can't do it on our own. We pray that you'll help us to stay morally correct and right. And we pray, Lord God, that for the people who are in the land of the lost and loving it and not knowing any better, we pray through the Holy Spirit that you will show them today. We pray every single day, Lord, you will give them another nudge, Lord. Let them see that they need you, that they can't do it on their own. We pray for this. And Lord God, for those who are saved but yet are living as if they belong in the land of the lost, I pray that 
you'll show them this way. They need to get right. That they are being a bad example. I pray that every single one of us will walk today closer to you than we were yesterday, closer tomorrow than we are today. I pray all this in your holy precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.